0: Welcome back, uh, Saddos, to another episode of the Sitcom Archive Deep Dive Overdrive with me, Ex Benedict, and Alison Barton Simmons. We are. Oh, sorry, say hello, Al. I
1: went forward there to say hello, but you said it
0: <laughs> Sorry. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, we're currently taking um, uh, the deepest of dives into every episode ever made of Good Life or Good Neighbours, if you're an American, um, which ran from 1975 to 1978 on the BBC. Um, Now, there you go. There's the admin over with. This is actually the first episode since we went live, as in we recorded a shitload and then finally started publishing them early September. So this is actually the first time since we've published the podcast that we've recorded one, if that makes sense. So this is the first time we've been able to say thank you to anyone who's actually listened and sent us positive vibes, isn't it? Yeah. These people are out
1: there. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, it's great that people are being nice and giving us positive feedback, and mm. that Carl Howman retweeted us.
1: <laughs> oh, so that was a big day. It was a really big day.
0: It's like look, I was like running into the Ali's room, going,
1: "Jacko's just retweeted us." <laughs> Jacko from Bostock. Oh, yeah. And it was was it was it to do with the um, Esmond and Larby link between the two series?
0: Yeah, to be fair, I did send him a begging tweet <laughs> saying retweet us because we were talk I just jumped on something and said something about Larby and Asmund because they wrote brush strokes. Yeah. Aww, but it's nice. Fab,
1: it is nice. He's aware of us.
0: Well yeah, do we feel obliged to do brush strokes in the future now?
1: I think so, yeah. I think that's that's gotta be in the bag. Definitely. Oh
0: ch- Oh chisel. <laughs> well yeah, we'll we'll maybe get round to brush strokes at some point. Um so, um, just to re, to restate the obvious, what we're about here is we're a, a listen along or a watch along podcast. You can watch the episodes on Daily Motion for free or on BritBox, or you can buy the DVDs from various obscure places. Um, and mm-hmm. then you can listen along to what we talk about in terms of the episode afterwards. We'll pull it apart and, you know, analyze it. And well, we won't get too anal. Well, naturally, we do get quite anal, but yeah. we try not to, not to go too far down a rabbit hole. <laughs> So yes, um, do that. Um, you'll if you follow us on Twitter, you will see our links to where you can watch it for free, and then you can listen along uh, to the weekly episode. Uh, Al, yes, I've got a quick. Does Margot approve?
1: Oh, excellent! Yes, go for it.
0: All right. Yes. Jingle, jingle. Wherever put it. Does Margot approve? Does she approve? Does Margot approve? Does she approve? Does Margot approve? Does she approve? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, does Margot approve of the youth of today? Or would she? Would Margot approve of the of the youth of today?
1: Oh, now that's a tricky one because I don't think she would approve of the youth today. Because I think we're we're in a time where youth have a bigger voice as they've ever had, um, and they've got a platform to speak. And I think I think Margot would be that children should be seen and not heard so I would say mm. that definitely Margot would not approve of the youth today
0: Well I mean yes it is the obvious answer with her conservative views that she would be a bit like that and mm. I guess you've seen this coming but I've set you up once again mm. <laughs> because I Every found week. another piece another piece of um, Penelope Keith um, diatribe although the reason I've picked it is that we seem to be picking on Penelope Keith don't we? Yeah so,
1: because she's 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 easy easy sort of target isn't she
0: but we love her really yeah. it's just that she seems occasionally she has a little rant when she's interviewed but I wanted to pick this one because it's actually really positive about the youth of today from okay. from Penelope Keith she was talking um I don't know when this article was from because I haven't bothered writing it down but she was talking to somebody about um when she was old enough to apply at uh, the Central School of Speech and Drama they turned her down because she was too tall what yeah i don't know apparently five <laughs> foot ten is considered too tall to be an actress in the 19
1: is that right
0: 50s 60s yeah
1: is that because you'd be taller than quite a lot of men and the, the probably sort of hierarchy would be
0: yeah ruined. although there's that wonderful um i don't know if you've ever seen that wonderful clip of penelope keith in the avengers when she was doing an action scene doing high kicks and everything
1: no but i bet that was fantastic to watch
0: well, I'll tweet that out. That's a belter, yeah. Um, however, uh, what, what does Penelope have to say about the youth of today? This was only from about three or four years ago, I think. So she says, I won't try, I nearly tried to do a voice. Though. That would be a bad idea. She says, I don't like the categories we seem to insist upon today. Older people are not more clever than the young. They've just been around longer and have more experience. The young should not be penalized simply for being young. Being tall did not mean that I could not act. The superiority complex never did anyone any good. Just ask Margot.
1: Oh, well, not me down with a feather. That's really surprising, but also nice to hear.
0: Yeah. Good on your peenlope
1: Yeah, we'd like that.
0: Hopefully we've gone some way to redeeming ourselves with <laughs> Peenlope, Keith, if we ever try and <laughs> secure an interview with her. <sighs> <laughs> so, without further ado, or um, I saw someone write online, without further adieu. Some yeah. people think that think that uh, that phrase is further adieu. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Need Without further hello, let's get stuck straight into um, this episode of the Good Life Series Two, Episode Two: The Guru of Surbiton. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So the um, the episode opens on Barbara um, cutting Tom's hair.
1: Yeah.
0: It's timeless, isn't it? I think.
1: Absolutely. Given what we've been going through, and um, it's it, 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 considering the time that we're in at the moment of the coronavirus um, lockdown, and in fact, I'm, I'm just as, as an aside, um, I'm in Bolton um, in the UK, which has just had bigger lockdown uh, restrictions placed on the town because we just can't do what we're told, and we've now we're now top of the country. For coronavirus cases, um, but oh, shit. this um, cutting uh, Barbara cutting Tom's hair did remind me of um, during during the lockdown. Um, I was doing the same thing for my son. I was cutting his hair in the kitchen because we couldn't go anywhere because all the um, all the salons were shut. Um, so I set about becoming a hairdresser and cutting his hair. Um, and it got to the, the third sort of cut that I did over a number of months. Um, where each sort of haircut became a singular crumb of the previous one until it ended right. up where it was like shaving a pineapple because he just had this like tuft on top and I had to just try and follow the last haircut, which got more and more skewed every time I cut it. So I can um, I can see I can see that, that obviously Tom and Barbara are going are going at the, the, doing the hair from home from the self-sustainability angle of not having to spend money but it was kind yeah. of enforced on us during lockdown to, to cut each other's hair.
0: Yeah, it seems like a good idea until you have to do it all the time, Yes, I guess. it
1: does. Yes, until you shave in a pineapple and you wish you'd not started.
0: I think Tom makes, a, makes one other valid point about why a lot of people might be enticed to um, have home haircuts, which is that it's not long until the barber, whoever you go and see, if you're a man, mm. he will... Um, kind of bring the conversation around to his hobby horse, whatever that might be.
1: Yes, yes.
0: You know, you have to pick your barber not based on the 1970s haircuts in the window but on their opinions on Muslims and um, you don't want to you end g- up with a racist barber going, do you know what I'd do? Shoot them all. Exactly. Send them back.
1: Exactly. Although Tom did choose one whose um, hobby horse was Esperanto.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which I can't imagine how he would have been. But then I suppose he's fictional. I had a barber once. Um, he was like a cross between two characters from the Fast Show. You know the guy. Oh. <laughs> you know the guy who um, always liked to agree with everything. Yeah. <laughs> he was like him, but he was also like the guy who was like, "Oh, what thirty years at that man and boy." <laughs> so he, he, the, all his stories were about his time in the navy, or but he always liked to try and agree with everything he, that you said as a customer. Okay. How old your boy now? Is he? He must be eight. And you go, no, no, he's he's t- twelve now. Of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah, twelve. Of course he is. Oh fucking! Hell. A bit so tiring. I can totally, I can totally understand why Tom has stayed at home and got Barbara to cut his hair. And Barbara yeah. says that he's got an erotic neck. Yes. Which is not like any Barbara small talk I've ever <laughs> encountered. No,
1: which is good. Did get shut down, I think, quite quickly. Now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> said, he actually says to her. You're getting good at this, but to me, it looks totally uncut when he stands up. I don't know about you.
1: <laughs> She's not done anything. She's just done snip snip noises around his head.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you probably did a better job on Ted than Barbara oh, did on Tom. well,
1: I don't know.
0: Well, we'll have to see pictures, I think. Yes. <laughs> but then um, their silliness comes out and they start running around the running around the kitchen with scissors.
1: And then Margot comes in. Margot comes in at that point and, and tells... Tells them off for running with scissors. Open scissors.
0: Yeah. She calls him on it, and I think she's quite right. You don't do that. And we know what a, a man-child he is, but, you know, there comes a mm. limit. You don't run about with scissors. You know, Horse you know play that, With with mm,
1: Yeah, idiot knows it. So uh,
0: the lead the betters have just popped in as they've just arrived back from Amsterdam. Hmm. Yes. The mind boggles what it Jerry's does. been up to in Amsterdam.
1: I've got a little fact here. Um, okay. Uh, that cannabis became available for recreational use in Amsterdam in the coffee shops in 1976. Which, if I sort of do my oh, maths, the yeah. second series of The Good Life would have been released in 1976. So in my head, I am picturing Jerry traipsing round the the the, the 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 cafes um with I think probably trying to, trying to get Margot to go off and do some shopping, maybe. Um so Definitely. that he can just do just do laps of, of the red light district and all the cafes um of an afternoon. I bet he had a right good time.
0: Definitely. He's smoking doobies and smoking <laughs> boobies all day long. <laughs> <No>. Oh wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so Margot's um brought back a gift at least for the goods. She's obviously gone off to get that whilst Jerry was um getting a Nosh. Bit. In the red light yeah. district, um, she's brought back a ceramic windmill, which coincidentally, after last week's episode when you were talking about the um, the ornament in your grandparents' house, this ceramic windmill reminded me yes. of uh, of it was almost identical to something that my grandparents had in their house in Liverpool, wow. um, which was um, but it was a musical one, so you'd wind it and the the what do you call the bits on the windmill that go round sails. The sails on the windmill um, rotated to the to the sound of tulips from Amsterdam.
1: I knew you were going to say tulips from Amsterdam only because I couldn't think of any other Amsterdam-related song. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Oh,
0: well, it was, but it sounded a bit like a sort of mobile phone ringtone on a <laughs> nineteen ninety-nine Motorola or something. <laughs> um, quickly got repetitive.
1: Oh, oh, can I just add in there as well? That um, Jerry getting sent to Amsterdam was apparently a, like a, a treat from work, um, from Sir, having played golf with him and missed two three-inch putts at golf, and Tom even calls him out and calls him Goody Two Shoes. Um, so it just it just really highlighted again how much of an arse-licker Jerry is at work.
0: Yeah, that's the only one part of Jerry's yeah, it's personality that I don't like. Yeah. I imagine that's probably how most of the um White House staff managed to get their jobs by missing missing puts, easy puts against yeah. Trump. Mm-hmm. So as well as the ceramic windmill, Jerry's also stocked up on some Dutch <laughs> gin which he he offers to share with them. Yes. Um and then it, it quickly becomes apparent that Jerry has been given a, approval for an allotment. Uh, Margot jumps to conclusions and um you know, goes off the deep end at him, but it's it's yep. actually for the goods to extend their small holding. I think it's specifically for Tom Tom says it's for his speciality crops, which kind yes. of makes it sound like <laughs> do you know like Hilary Bliss, the butcher in um Priston <laughs> Vasey with his special meat. <laughs> um but it's actually strawberries and blackcurrants that he wants to sell because presumably yes. there's a good markup on those which Big kind of money. makes sense. In the days before the supermarkets would just import um, fruit from wherever in the world. Yeah, you know, good British strawberries probably a good money maker for Tom and Barbara. Yeah,
1: they do taste better.
0: And then we have um, the enthusiastic young fella that you anticipated last week would be hugely annoying. Yeah, Guy. I just
1: think I think now um, that the character of Guy is just quite well acted because I tend to find that if I take a dislike to a character, it's usually because the person plays it in such a way that it's quite believable and yeah I do recognise Guy
0: you recognise the actor
1: no I recognise the the, 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 the character um, yeah. and it, it is someone who I would find quite irritating but it's because he plays it really well that I find it irritating I think
0: well he did um, that actor did go on to uh, appear in other sitcoms he was in Reggie Perrin oh right and um, which we might deep dive at some point I do like a bit mm-hmm. of Reggie Perrin I like anything with Leonard Rossiter in, really. Um, yeah. But he was also, I think I saw that on his IMDb, he was also in Shelley. Do you remember Shelley?
1: Yes, yep.
0: Yeah. With um, Howell Bennett.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yes, so he, he, you know, he was a good actor and he played the part well, as you said. He came in and was immediately earnest, wasn't he? And Oh, God, yeah. Enthusiastic. He sort of really, he had all the intensity of sort of Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York. You know, he was... <laughs> It was like him and his girlfriend, Ruth, had arrived and they were working for the goods in exchange for board. But they were taking it all so seriously, I think, was the, Absolutely.
1: the takeaway really, from that scene. Really, sort of, um, the, the the goods to them have got like the ideal lifestyle and they just want to replicate it. They just want to be part of it. They just want to be immersed in this life.
0: Mm. And, of course, Margot, though, she's aghast at the idea of them being kept in the house as if they were sort of...
1: Yeah.
0: Or rodents or something. Um,
1: she's got, yeah, she, she really doesn't like students. Um, well, Jerry, as, Jerry
0: dislikes them more, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah. Grubby, Maoist, lefty. She's, yeah, she's not very um, complimentary about them.
0: I just happen to think that students are lazy, grubby, irresponsible ingrates. And if they are helping you with the allotment, it's only in order to grow next year's crop of marijuana. Probably a belief that the middle class is still whole. To, mm. to this day, really, about students. And then Margot, as usual, takes it a step further and, and cites Maoist cells, but...
1: Yes, yeah.
0: She's a complete paranoid nutter, really. I think she <laughs> would be a um, a Covidiot, actually, if she was around today. Do you think? Probably. She just seems to believe these sort of far-flung... Um... She lives in fear, doesn't she?
1: Yeah. Would that not make her put more masks on, though? Like...
0: I think she'd be more fearful of Bill Gates um,
1: thinking that he
0: invented the fucking virus to control her. So anyway, she's disgusted, Margot, um, and particularly she's perturbed at the news that they are sleeping in the same room in bed. (laughs) This is a woman who's about 32 years of age. Um, She's not an old lady. She's No, no. She's stalled before her time, isn't she, really?
1: She's very troubled with it. The goods come to the conclusion that the guy and Ruzak are quite serious. Um, and Ernest, and at only 20, they're, they're a bit too old for the goods who, who sort of love the, the, the silliness and the daftness. Um, and they just mm. feel that, that Guy and Ruth are just a bit too, bit too sort of um, composed, perhaps.
0: It's a miracle that they get on with Margot, really, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Given that. Um, but then I think the, the Lead depart and. Um, I think Tom observes how intense and serious this young couple are mm. before we fade into the next scene, where they're arguing about who's going to do the dishes.
1: Who's washing up after the dinner that they've all just enjoyed, um, and they they play a game of rock paper scissors, mm. but then they, they they don't call it that, and I don't want to get it wrong, but they describe it as ching chong chala. Is that right?
0: I wrote down ching chong chala, but. You might be right, either I, way, it sounded to me like it was going to be incredibly racist, but I don't did think it is to me is it? too
1: no I, I did a bit of a, a bit of a search on this um, and it's it's just another name for um rock paper scissors that you see in certain parts of East London, apparently, which I'm guessing is with um like an external influence in that area um, and it's just another another name for rock paper scissors.
0: It's another one of these obscure seventies references. Mm. I can't imagine Ching Chong Chol is something you hear today.
1: Still. No. Although I think I did read as well um, that uh, Jade Goody on Big Brother was was caught. Sort of not caught out, but but used this phrase on the TV, and immediately people jumped on it that she was racist and that um, and she had no right to be sort of using words like that anymore and. Um, well, to be
0: fair, she was for the most part when she was on that programme. That's it, and I can,
1: I, can, I can see why people perhaps jumped to that conclusion, but she she was from East London, and I can imagine it was part of her upbringing, sort of playing this game and hearing those words. So I don't think it was necessarily from a, a racist sort of standpoint.
0: No, we'll let that one slip, but I'm sure there's yeah. going to be some more racism for us to come back to shortly.
1: But rock, paper, scissors, it was it was a game to decide who was going to do the washing up. <laughs> you
0: very much jerry once that was decided um i think it quickly becomes apparent that young ruth has inexplicably um developed the horn for one tom good
1: yes like sitting at his feet it's a bit sort of fawning and a bit odd that literally hanging on his every word
0: well they both were weren't they i mean she was sort of relatively sweet if a bit um intense, but he I mean Mm. the other the fellow was just an absolute walloper, wasn't he? He'd wear me out with all that.
1: Yeah, Um, tiring.
0: And he was self flagellating all the time, wasn't he? Beating himself up for saying the wrong thing.
1: Yeah.
0: In fact one of the lines he said was Tom said something quite banal and then Guy said, That is the most incisive single line castigation of the system that I have ever heard Which It
1: would have yeah, I can imagine the just then being there would have been, it would have ruined my night after my tea sitting down and just like ready to have a have a chat and a relax. And God, he's just sort of, just couldn't turn it off at all. Couldn't turn it's it off. It's just
0: too much, isn't it? He was like a sort of middle-class Alexis Sale without the charm or scouseness, wasn't he? He was just <laughs> far too intense. Mm. And, um, and for, you know, sort of communist, I think Margot called yeah. him. I don't yeah. know if that was maybe a step too far. Certainly socialist. But the, the the two of them, their attention on Tom sort of borders on hero worship. Guy at yeah. one point sat on the floor, has his hand on Tom's knee. <laughs> Did you see that?
1: I didn't see that. Oh. I no. thought he was gonna
0: start giving giving him a tug at one point. Well He's that into him. Imagine she'd have joined in as well. It could have been oh. a Menaja Menager Catra if um <laughs> Barbara had got involved.
1: I was gonna say it's like it's late night um territory.
0: Yeah, we're slipping into it again. Oh, bad. No, I didn't mean that. Tom says something quite wise that I, I, I quite liked. He said, um, he, I think um, Guy asked him what his, what his message was, and he said, well, the only message I've got for the world is leave me alone. Yeah. Which is great. I've never yeah. liked Tom more than at that yeah. point. So eventually the goods managed to get rid of the two up to bed, and... Um, Uh, Ruth making cow eyes at Tom as she leaves. And uh, Tom is absolutely oblivious, as usual. (laughs) It takes Barbara to point out that she seems to be infatuated with him. He's got no awareness of the situation.
1: Barbara says directly to Tom that um, Ruth fancies you. And Tom says, never. Does she? And it's it's that kind of mock, oh, really? Oh, shucks. Like, as if he didn't Mm. really notice Um, And she says, she can't keep her eyes off you, but Tom's loving it. Um, And and then they start talking about Ruth's bosoms, which really did... Because he's talking about her being a child and then talking about her bosoms. And yeah, hashtag different times, perhaps.
0: A little bit. But what that conversation did give us, which I thought was quite nice, was Mm -hmm. we learn a little bit about Tom and Barbara's early courtship with... um, Tom apparently impressed Barbara's parents, didn't he? But you we know, yes. turned up in the car, and she described him as a would-be sophisticate. But then at, he sort of ruined it at the cinema by sticking his finger in in some woman's raspberry ripple. <laughs> you gotta hope that's not a euphemism.
1: I hope it isn't. yeah. Oh, but that yeah, that did tickle me because you can sort of see them as like as a, a younger couple just going out and doing younger couple stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think. Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm on your side there with, with with Tom being coy. I think he was generally his head up his head up his arse, and he didn't realise. Not because he realised. He's, he's he's too wrapped up in himself at the best of times, isn't he? So I okay. think it was a bit of a surprise to him, and he was oblivious. Okay. And he and he actually says to Barbara that she's making it up, and she says, "Well, wh- why would I?" And that's when he says, "Well, you're getting a bit past it, a bit rattled. Your figure's gone." <laughs> <laughs> what a bastard! Yeah, he's clearly messing about. I mean, I could take yeah. all these things seriously just to fuel my hatred of Tom, mm. but I think he's. Mm. Yeah, they were just messing. They were just being the goods, weren't they?
1: Yeah.
0: Back at the lead betters. Um,
1: there's pencil sharpening going on. There's gavel getting. It's it's all heating up round at the, at the lead betters. Definitely.
0: Yep, Margaret's got no time to discuss London Bridge. <laughs> I, I don't know why she needs a gavel. Why does she need a gavel?
1: Because she's going to be the chair of this imaginary meeting that she's, so she's, that only she's only going invited to hold the goods to. that nobody knows about. But she needs it's that—it's that importance, that that sort of feeling of importance. If you've got a gavel in your hand, I suppose.
0: Yeah.
1: Why she got a gavel? Where, what for? What other reason would you have a gavel in your house?
0: You don't use a gavel with bridge in bridge, do you? When you are playing bridge, I don't know. I've only ever known a gavel used. By a judge,
1: in, like in a court, yeah. yeah. Maybe she's just
0: got delusions of grandeur. Yeah, it yeah. is, isn't it? I think so. Mm. So um, the goods, the goods turn up, not quite knowing why they've been invited, and um, as you say, it transpires it's the inaugural meeting of a sort of residence association <laughs> that she's she's formed without anyone's knowledge, and she wishes to influence who will buy the property for sale next door. Yes,
1: yes, the Turners are selling their house. Um, and Margot wants to veto any undesirables.
0: Yeah, it's very master um, race of her, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you could see it coming, though I suppose, couldn't you? That that she would she would want to have control over over who's going to move into this house to make sure <laughs> yeah. it's not somebody that doesn't suit her.
0: And she's she's the only one who seems to really give much of a shit. Jerry's more interested in his dinner.
1: Yeah, um, where's my dinner?
0: Barbara's sort of taking a piss because when she pipes up Margot says the chair recognises Barbara <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Tom for his party just suggests quite rightly that they all mind their own bloody business
1: yeah I like that I'm on board with Tom that um, yeah they should just keep their nose out
0: uh, and, and the meeting's then interrupted isn't it as um, Guy turns up at the patio doors with a yes. sort of typically earnest dramatic declaration yeah. that he couldn't compete with such a giant social philosopher as Tom. He doesn't blame Ruth for being in love with him, but he and Ruth want to turn the goods house into a commune full of waifs and strays that will embrace yeah. sustainability, which mm. is beyond naive to think that he can just do that to this middle-aged just waltz man. Just into
1: somebody's house and, and... Yeah. Yeah, he's got a full list. He's got a full list of people that are willing to take part already.
0: But uh, Tom's having none of it. He basically... He has the chance to become the cult leader, but his ego isn't quite so far gone that he's even no. tempted by that. Um, and then we cut to back inside where Jerry finds it hysterical that Ruth fancies Tom. <laughs> he says, if it was me, I'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah. She says, um, A commune in the Avenue, it's unthinkable. And then I think she also says that there are millionaires and there are millionaires, because it turns out, doesn't it, that Guy's father is is minted.
1: He He owns half of Staffordshire, apparently. But Guy despises money, which Margot finds just ridiculous.
0: So they start plotting what they can do to try and scupper the plans of yes. Guy and Ruth to buy the house next door. Cause Tom, Tom wouldn't have them in his house. So they declared they were going to buy the next door house so that they could yes. avail themselves of Tom's expertise by popping in and asking advice. But, um, yep. this, this plan between the four main characters to, to scupper that. Idea, it quickly disintegrates when Tom realizes his own hypocrisy. He has a, a rare moment of self-awareness and says, "What mm. am I doing?" You know, he he says, "It's none of our business. Guy and Ruth can do what they want." and And he says, "Wife," <laughs> and they walk out. Good life. So back in the back in the goods kitchen, Tom is fetching a chicken from the top of the kitchen cupboards.
1: Yeah, there's a chicken on top of the cabinets.
0: Yeah, not sure how that got there, but chickens can fly.
1: Yeah. They can just flat flutter, can't they? Would they have had like I can imagine like chicken poo all over the top of the cabinets and worktops yeah. and things. Oh,
0: that's that's the the side of the lifestyle they've chosen that you don't really see from the you know yeah in the, from, shit. From the sitcom world.
1: Mm. Guy and Ruth um, are now in the kitchen uh, because they're going. They're, they're going to leave and they've cleaned up the bedroom. Um, and Ruth says she's had the most marvelous week of her life. Wow. Yep. Live, living in the goods, shit-covered house.
0: Sheltered life it must have been, eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and Guy's decided that they're not going to buy the house next door because Ruth needs to be removed from Tom.
0: <laughs> from his raw sexual magnetism. Oh,
1: yeah. She has to get away Can't from Tom him.
0: completely. And I think also Guy muses, it starts, you know beating himself up again saying what do I have to offer Ruth and to yeah. be honest it's a good fucking question
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, just chill out mate
0: but I suppose the three million quid um, would come in handy as Tom points out
1: yeah just do some good with it guy just you know stop flagellating
0: um, so Margot um, arrives as the young ones depart mm-hmm. declaring dramatically that her and Jerry will be moving to, is it Cobham?
1: Cobham, moving to Cobham.
0: <laughs> ironic because she's got a cob on, hasn't she? Yes. Um, yeah, I don't really know anything about Cobham, do you, being Northern? No,
1: I'm guessing it's very white middle class.
0: You'd assume. Perhaps. But she's n-
1: um But she's moving because she you and your hippie friends have driven us out of the avenue, is what she yes. tells Tom and Barbara.
0: But she is relieved too, uh, when Tom tells her that actually... The guy and Ruth aren't moving in at all, and immediately she's like, "Oh, good! Well, I don't have to go then." Yeah, because she, did, she didn't want to go anyway. Um, the chemist in in Cobham is apparently called a drugstore, which Margot disapproves of, so she didn't want to go anyway.
1: No, that's it's quite American. Do you think Cobham might be like a new town,
0: like Milton Keynes or something?
1: Yeah, drugstore. No. Mm.
0: But uh, Tom. Tom then, even though Ruth and uh, Guy aren't moving in, Tom drops the bombshell that the new neighbours will, in fact, be. And I tried to write this down as he said it.
1: Um, Mr and Mrs Aziz Mohammed Abun Khan?
0: Yeah, close enough. To which Margot flees in hysterics, the lovable old racist. Oh. She just runs out there and Jerry! Yeah, I told you there'd be some racism for us to, you know, tackle. I
1: know, I know.
0: Um, and, then, and then the episode ends with Tom giving Barbara a little cuddle because it was clearly just to wind up.
1: Oh, I see one of your jokes. Very good.
0: <laughs> it, it struck me at the point that Barbara starts reminiscing about Tom impressing her parents. There's no point, no other point, at least in this entire four series, is any other extended family ever mentioned of any of the central characters. Because in most sitcoms. Yeah, it's never done, is it? In most sitcoms, they would bring in at some point, um, you know, a matriarchal mother to show maybe yeah. how, how Margot ended up quite as snobby as she is or or maybe uh, a mother that showed how Tom was such a mummy's boy and that's why he's such a mm. man-child. But they never bring in any of the parents, and obviously they don't have any children. It's it's very narrow-focused, isn't it, in a way? It is.
1: Um, I'd never really thought about it. yeah. Yeah, because there's there's lots of, um, I suppose, lots of series historically that have extended because of the addition of external family members. Perhaps that was why it was only four series long, because you, you sort of played out the relationships that were sort of focused on in their entirety um, without the addition of anybody else to sort of pull it out a bit more.
0: Well, I think maybe it is it is true that those type of characters are added when the writers uh running short of ideas,
1: yeah, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't,
0: yeah, um, but I just thought that was worth flagging. that's unusual that yeah. you don't see you don't even hear any reference really to their upbringings or um it's it's yeah, there's very little backstory um ever mm. given uh was there any other anything else from this episode you wanted to uh, discuss Al?
1: no, I think I, I had I had a couple of true or falses for you, oh cool. Um, Although I seem to have centred around Amsterdam. Um it's it's it was obviously a big thing for me this episode. Um so I've got I've got a couple of true or false Amsterdam facts that I'd I'd like you to just sort of ponder over. Okay. Um True or False, Amsterdam is built on stilts.
0: There's a lot of water there, isn't there?
1: Hmm.
0: Built on stilts. I'm gonna say true. Yeah. Because why it's, would you make it up?
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, it's, it's built on jelly. Um, yes, the Netherlands has 11 million wooden poles that have been dug into the um, the, the sort of the, the the ground around the country, um, supporting the buildings from sinking. Apparently. Mm. So like Amsterdam could just disappear into the canals and float away. it's,
0: it's just one huge orgasm from Jerry it's, away from
1: it sinking.
0: Is. Yeah.
1: Oh, I've got a, oh, I've got a, a, um, a multiple choice. I've got a multiple choice question okay. about clogs for you. Um, the oldest cl- oh, I've not written the answer down.
0: Can I, can I just, <laughs> That's not
1: going to work, that is it? Can I just do that bit again? I can. I just need to Google the answer. Oh, idiot! I got that excited. Okay. So, I've got um, a multiple choice clog question for you. Um, this is very sweeping generalisations about the um, the Netherlands here. Um, the oldest clogs, do they date back to 1037, 1230, or 1643? <laughs> these are not times of the day. No, that's these what are, I was these are dates. <laughs> when do you put your clogs on? No, these are um, dates in time. So ten thirty seven, twelve thirty or sixteen forty three. I'll
0: go for the middle one. Twelve thirty.
1: <gasps> yeah, you bet you're good at this.
0: Cooking with gas. Oh You gutted?
1: I am. Like you've, uh, no, I just think that my questions are a bit shit, that's all.
0: Yes, um, <laughs> next week on the um, Netherlands Deep Dive Archive.
1: <laughs> and my final one, oh, no, these are just awful. How many windmills are there in Holland?
0: Have I got multiple choice again?
1: Yeah, but it's, oh, God, it's like I'm reading it for a three-year-old. Are there, are there 65? Yeah. Are there a 1,000? Or are there 8 million? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, um that's a that's a taxing question. I'll um I think I'll go for the middle one again. You could have changed those figures before you even read it out, you know.
1: Oh, dear. Yes, you Christ. you correct. Three out of three. Maybe I don't do quiz questions in
0: future. <laughs> Am I the quizmaster general? Do you want me to Yes, you are. a roll no You shame. have
1: the gavel. You keep that gavel. I don't want it. <laughs>
0: Actually, one thing about, seeing as you seem to be obsessed with, Nether- with the Netherlands this week, mm. uh, obviously we've discussed in the past, not that anyone listening to the podcast would know, but we've discussed in the past writing our own sitcom, haven't we? Yes. So how about we write a sitcom set in Amsterdam, seeing as you love the place so much, and we can—and it can be about um, a detective who solves crimes using a network of prostitutes, and we'll call it <gasps> Clever Clogs.
1: Clever Clogs. I like that. I think we should do. Nobody steal that idea.
0: No, no. In fact, I'm going to edit TM, it TM.
1: TM. Yeah, don't yeah. tell anybody.
0: Trademark. Because will be all over that. Sitcom Archive, Deep Dive, Overdrive. Yeah, I think that's a Clever winner, Out. Clever clogs. So getting back to the good life after our little <laughs> sojourn into um, the life of the <laughs> Netherlands, um, who, who was your uh, MVP in this episode?
1: Uh, my MVP was Tom in this episode. I um,
0: agree with you, man. That's, yeah, this is
1: terrible. He, 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 um, he, just his approach to these young upstarts that want to just follow his lifestyle piece by piece. Um, and I think I think Tom was quite humble about it, um, and, and quite willing to, to keep his nose out when he could have got involved in something that didn't really involve him. Um, I just think he, he showed a lot of good qualities in this episode for me.
0: He did. He was principled, but he also had some really nice, well-observed lines. Um, mm. And, well, he wasn't quite the philosopher that Guy made him out to be. Um, he lived his values and he said some very um, wise things. And he also, his wind yes. up on Margot at the end was quite inspired as well, really, even though it shows her in a bad light. He knew how she'd react. Yeah. So yes. yes. Tom is now storming ahead. He must have oh, like a, he a four-point is? advantage, and I just can't believe it. But you know, I'm not going to fix it. It is what no, it is.
1: it is what it is. Let's it? not
0: d- let's not dwell on it. Um, the tab, tab. <laughs> we had no smokes this week, blagged no or otherwise.
1: I did watch out because there was a, there was a point where Margot was um, having a cigarette. It was in a holder, um, and I thought that would have been prime time for Tom to be on the catch, but he didn't. Before before Guy turned up,
0: he just inhaled a secondary <laughs> smoke and enjoyed it
1: just wafting it wafting it all in
0: so I think it's time for a little trip over to um, Al's Fashion Corner Fashion
1: Corner Fashion Fashion Corner Fashion Corner
0: Fashion Corner Fashion Corner Corner.
1: Corner. so in Fashion Corner this week there's quite a lot to talk about Um, there's more quantity rather than quality Um, the re-emergence of the leather jacket and Burberry check pants ensemble of Jerry was there again Yep. Uh, just for lolling about round at your mate's house. Um, Guys, Che Guevara military jacket, which is quite sort of on vogue still now. Um,
0: mm, iconic, isn't it? But
1: it is iconic. It's something that sort of it, you can you can you see it and you know exactly. Sort of, perhaps you can draw a conclusion about someone's political leanings from 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 that jacket. Um, Ruth's patchwork top of uh, purples and oranges um stood out to me as as being um quite iconic i think patchwork is quite an an iconic sort of look to it did you spot anything then ben any any fashion worth um looking at
0: well i am a typical bloke who doesn't really spot these things but margot's leopard skin um uh, outfit when she was the out holding the residence meeting. Yeah, it was yes. that was quite. Well, it was. Yeah, it bordered on tacky a little bit actually for Margaret. Do you but, think? Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's all subjective, isn't it? I mean, I'm, who, I'm all sat here in my tracky bottoms and a t-shirt with the edge on it from you two, <laughs> So you know, who am I to criticise?
1: That print. No, I think I, I, don't, I think sort of animal print is quite um, iconic and. and some say tacky, others would say timeless perhaps Um, there's there's quite a a big re-emergence of of animal prints in fashion today Um, so that is something that wouldn't it's one of them uh, outfits from The Good Life that would, I think seamlessly end up in a a show no and you it wouldn't look out of place, it wouldn't look dated, I
0: don't think. No, you're probably right, yeah. Um, I always think that leopard skin more so than other animal print because yeah. my wife's really into cow print type things now, and yeah. I always think that looks really cool. Zebra print, mm. too, but there's something about leopard skin that just seems I don't know, there must be a root cause, a, a root reference. That makes me Is just... it like
1: a Bet Lynch thing from Coronation Street, like
0: a well, bit sort of? It could be that and... it could be Lilo Lil in bread. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <sighs> there's be... a certain
1: there's a certain character in British TV, especially that you put that print onto them, yeah. and it changes how you see and what you draw from them and how you judge them. I suppose it's
0: kind of the tart with but, a heart look, isn't it?
1: Yes, although my Mar- I think Margot, God, I think, Mar- think she looked really elegant in it.
0: Well fair enough, I'll, I'll yeah, cut her some slack. Yeah. So next week's episode of Sado will be um series two episode three. Um do you know what that is, Al?
1: I do. It's Mr Fix It. Um Mr. where Fix Tom it. sets about fixing um bits and pieces at home, um but they come up with a sort of different plan of how to get essential equipment given for free.
0: Mmm, okay. That vaguely rings a bell. Has it got Ooh. something to do with publicising their way of life? Yes. Mm, okay. It,
1: it, it involves um, a, a journalist and a newspaper and a mix-up, of course.
0: Yeah, in t- traditional sitcom style. Yes.
1: Yep. Yeah. So if you're enjoying what we're doing and you're following along, you can check out at Sado Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. On our Facebook page, you can find it by searching Sado Podcast. We've got the website at club, where you can get more information and listen to the episodes. Get in touch. Email us at saddlepodcast at com, and subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And we've also got some blog posts um, up on our website now. So um, when we're not banging on about the good life for, for the podcast, we're also writing about the good life. So. We're
1: writing about it, yes.
0: Yeah, so uh, go and check those out if you like. And you can also su- subscribe to our newsletter, a newsletter which so far I've not written, but at some point I may. So, you know, knock yourself out. That'd
1: be a nice surprise for people then, won't it, when it just pops into their um, inbox?
0: Hmm, I think so. So thanks for listening and join us again.
1: Yay! See you
0: soon. I'll see thee.